Everybody, thank you for tuning in to Rebel Assault live stream on this Wednesday. I am your host, Marquis Devereaux. We talk about real people uh, with about real issues in real time. I have joining me today on the panel Ms. Cherokee Black. Cherokee is an actress. She's a model. She is an opinionated sister, and she will let you know that she is a descendant of the original Native Americans that settled in New York. Hello, Cherokee. Hi. I also have my co-host, Mr. Samuel Pichera. Sam Samuel is an international entrepreneur. He's lived in China. He's lived in Australia. He does business with the Philippines, and my man gets around. But when, when it comes to talking bad about Trump, he has to set you straight. Hello, Samuel Pichera. How are you feeling? Very good. How's everybody today? Very well. Um, I then want to introduce uh, Julius Tadijan. Julius is a person who has been um, involved with the Nation of Islam for quite some time. He is this generation's Malcolm X. He gets shit done. He is all about civil rights. Sometimes it becomes civil disobedience. My brother is always civil until he's not. How are you, Julius Tadajan? I'm Tajadeen. Okay, so that's <laughs> what happens when you're over 50, Mr. Tajadeen. Um, you know, you could have come up with any other name, but that one is a tongue tripper. So, um, speaking of tongue trippers, I have Ms. Um, Nyerka Encarnacion. She is a woman who does not like to come to the table without knowing her facts. I thought she was dem a Democrat. I found out she's not. I thought she was a Republican. I found out she's not. So, is she pro-Trump? Is she against Trump? I don't even think it matters. But what I know that doesn't matter to her is race. We are all part of the human race, she says. How are you, Nyarka? How are you feeling today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me in today. <laughs> You're very welcome. And I have joining us from Monday, Mr. Alpheus Marcus. Um, Alpheus is running for New York State Assembly. From what I understand, he's running on the Republican ticket. My brother, um, no, Marcus, he ran. Uh, no, I ran, no, no, I ran for state assembly two years ago. I'll be running in the 2021 city council election, District 9. Okay, so why go from state to city? But that's a conversation we'll have in a second. I, I guess it doesn't matter when you're doing public service, you're doing public service. Ah, I am happy to bring in Mr. Kirk Adair. Mr. Adair is a professor, he's an author, he's a historian, he's a documentarian, but he is not a person who is a computer technician. Do not give him complicated technology because like me, we are old school people. Kirk, don't you wish we could just be in the studio where we could just record this like normal people? Kirk, can you hear me? Okay. Um, so that's what we call technical issues. Kirk's screen is frozen. Um, and he, you know, it, I'm t being told by my nothing. Great, great. Okay. There's nothing like, there's nothing like being at the station when the train is left. 
So uh, lastly, I have Bobby, who is from Long Island. Bobby is from Nassau, Long Island. He is a conservative. He believes follow the law like the book. Bobby, is there ever a time when the law is incorrect? Um, there's plenty of laws that are not correct. They need to be changed. Okay, so that's a discussion that we're going to get into today. Judges versus governors. Um, in Wisconsin, there is a, oh, let me correct myself, in Michigan, oh, maybe it's happening in Michigan and Wisconsin, um, you know, our research team will let me know. But anyway, there is a situation um, in one of the two states where the governor is attempting to enact what we're doing here in New York, which is called social distancing. We also have a situation here in New York where bars are not open unless it's takeout, restaurants are not open, and frankly, this is being done, uh, okay, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid to touch anything on my screen here. Um, this is being done for the purposes of what we're being told is public safety, health safety, health matters. We're being told to wear a mask, we're being told to wear gloves, wash your hands for 20 minutes, sanitizer, et cetera, et cetera. In this state, um, and I'm sorry guys, I believe it's Michigan, um, in this state, the Republican legislature defied the democratically voted governor, a Democrat, and said, you know what? We're, we're, this social distancing thing has happened long enough. Businesses wanna reopen. To hell with health concerns, open the businesses back up. Now, I want our audience to know they're protesting in Austin, Texas. They're protesting in Florida. They're protesting in North Carolina. In these Republican red states, people are not following this protocol. And I feel that this is ironic. Um, Bobby, you're a person that believes in follow the law. What, what should be happening? Well, I think, you know, one of the problems we're having, and we're in uncharted waters here with, with COVID-19, and I think, you know, there's a lot of misinformation being broadcast. There's uh, a lot of concerns about people's health and safety. And um, unfortunately, we've got, you know, the governor is making decisions. That's one person uh, relying on advisors, obviously, from the health and the safety community. And uh, sometimes we um, don't make the, the best decisions. I, I think there's many, many... Um, huge concerns about shutting down the economy and the massive effect that that's having on people's livelihoods. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to ask Julius a direct question. Julius, would you rather be alive and broke or would you rather be running your business and find out that you're going to die the next day? Am I going to an extreme here? What, what, what am I missing? Well, you know, of course, I'd rather be alive and broke, you know, because I could live to see another day, you know, and make money. But the thing is that everyone is like on a panic mode. And so you got people not like um, Bobby said, we're in uncharted waters. People really don't know. They're making all kinds of mistakes. They change their positions about things constantly. Um, what people are you referring to? Well, all over the country, like New York State, for example. How about Dr. Fauci? Well, let's, let, let me just say, for example, 
when Cuomo was just crying, I need ventilators, 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 ventilators. And then in the second breath, he's saying 80% of those who go on won't come off. So you're only going to get a one out of five chance of surviving going on a ventilator. So, so what does that mean? Let people die? Well, okay. So that's what they were saying almost that um, if the hospitals are going to be overwhelmed, we're not going to let you die in the street. So you're, we'll give you a 20% chance of living. And so they put you on the ventilators. And then when Trump said, you know, why not give people another opportunity, another alternative? You know, why not let them try, you know, if they're giving them these type of odds, give them this drug hydroxychloroquine. Okay, stop, 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 stop. No, let me finish, stop, no, let me finish Marquise. Who? Marquise, listen, all over the world, they're using hydroxychloroquine. My brother is a pulmonary specialist out of Texas. Before Trump even started touting this drug, he said, this is what we were using. They didn't just pull this drug out of, out of thin air. They didn't just say, let's try this drug to see if it works. There's so a, you're saying you agree with Trump? Well, I know if you're you only going right. to listen, if you're only going to give me a 20% chance of living, I would take a chance with that drug that has proven, you know, people take hydroxychloroquine as a prophylactic. That means they don't have malaria and they're taking the drug. So, um, okay. I would, uh, and I'm, I'm getting feedback from people. Uh, Julius, hold on one second. I, you know, you can tell me about pulmonary, preliminary, or whatever. Anything with the name chloro, anything, I'm not sure if I would be injecting it in my body. Well, I'm, 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 and, 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 and he's right. He's right. Chloride, dioxide, a disinfectant to treat water where they know there is a high rate of uh, viruses and bacteria. So we're using disinfectants in water already. People from the South, if their water was contaminated, they would take a drop of bleach put it in their water and oh, drink it. You know, you then you notice I'm not saying anything, right? Yeah, because the, these are facts. But Okay, well, my uh, grandfather, my grandfather is, I'm sorry, who's speaking? Was that Mr. Alpheus? Yes. What do you think the IVs are when they give, you, give it to you in a hospital? What do you think those are? The last those? time I checked, that was called a saline which is salt. No, you're that, shaking that, your that, head. Am I wrong? Marcus. Marcus. Get Marcus. Yes. Do you know, now this was funny. Now, Trump, when he said, is there something like that that can be injected in the human body, you know, and everybody just like started making all these Clorox jokes. But you know what? The, I don't know if Trump really knew this, but I would bet that he that you know he has access to the top doctors in the world. So this had to be some type of discussion. But the reality is they're already using a disinfectant, injecting it in the human body to treat viruses. And one such disinfectant was ozone. There's ozone therapy. They use that to treat SARS. And that's the joke because all these people making jokes about Trump. They just showed how ignorant they were 
Because they didn't. Okay, now hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now we're you're so so. It's funny because Julius has run for office uh, for the city council here in New York on a Democratic ticket, and I'm not saying that your defense of Trump uh, is 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 not justified. I'm just saying it sounds odd coming from you. So I'm going. I'm going. To, I'm going. To, I appreciate you giving that point of view. One second, please. Kirk, you're the professor. What do you know? What, hydro, what do you know? Well, the hydrochloroquine with vitamin C, with zinc, okay, is, the, is one of two effective treatments. What these doctors are telling you is it's not what the, uh, the media is broadcasting. It's not what, what Fauci, the liar, is talking about, okay, because he's on, an, he's on the Gates agenda. They manufacture this crap in Wuhan. They know what it is. It's a huge scam. Okay, the doctors that are telling the truth, that are telling everyone the truth, are uh, saying that it resembles a high altitude disease with the lungs. If they throw you on a ventilator, they're killing you because they're forcing air into the lungs, which does not have to be done. You take the hydroxychloroquine, okay, with people are recovering from that, Otherwise, there's another treatment that was on Facebook and it was taken down because Zuckerberg and that bitch that runs uh, Twitter and whatever, they don't want you to know the truth. Okay? Know. Wait a minute. Well, hang on. The other one is azetazolamide and Diamox, and that treats high altitude and asthma. And both of those are absolutely successful, but they will not tell you because the, the World Health Organization that is run and owned by Bill Gates and Fauci is his employee and BRICS is his employee, okay, and Tedros of the World Health Organization is his employee. They don't want you to know it. Madagascar came up with a successful treatment of it because it was an African nation. They don't want anybody to know. And so the president of Madagascar has asked most African nations to pull out of the World Health Organization. It, the WHO is a, is a scam. It is being run by the Rockefellers and it has a depopulation and um, uh, a depopulation and a eugenics agenda. And people have to look into eugenics because it was originally started in this country in the 20s. It was picked up by the Nazis in the 30s and it is distinctly to remove minorities. Ooh. So anything that Bill and Melinda Gates donate to, okay, is, uh, is an organization that is bound for eugenics. The yeah. only two that are successful for this disease with 100% because it's nothing more than really an aggravated flu, okay, metazolamide with Diamox or the hydroxychloroquine uh, with zinc and with vitamin C. Those two things will cure because the doctors that said that and ran videos in New York were removed from Facebook, they were removed from Twitter, they were removed from everything because there's an agenda going on here. Now, one second, Kirk, one second. Um, I'd hey, like what? to ask, uh, one second, everybody. I'd like to ask Sam, Sam, I, I noticed an, are you in agreement with what Kirk said because you were in China and supposedly this came from Wuhan and supposedly uh, this was created in China. Now we're hearing Bill and Melinda Gates and we're hearing, uh, we're hearing that there are more cases in Europe and in India, India has surpassed China for cases. Uh, are you in agreement with what he said? Or do you have the same understanding? 
China probably has the most cases in the entire planet, but they're not testing. They're beginning to test now. They're coming up with numbers, but they're not going to display. They're not going to publicize those numbers. So you can just forget that. Anything regarding China. In terms of Wuhan, in terms of the virus, yes, the virus came out of Wuhan. I'm in total agreement with that. Wuhan was locked down. When I, w- I was in China, when it, when it all started, and... Um, do you be- I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt. Do you believe this is a man-made, man-created... Do you believe this virus was created with the intention of everything that Mr. Adair spoke of? I couldn't say if it was created with intention. I can say that that I feel comfortable in saying that it was done in a laboratory. I feel comfortable in saying that that... I'm not sure if it was intentionally displayed to the world. I, it may have it may have escaped the laboratory by accident. It may have gotten onto one of the the scientists, and then he just walked out with it. Who knows? Okay, how, how so got out there. Don't so I, I I need to interject for a second, and 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 Bobby, I believe I hear you wanting to add something, but I need to interject for a second. What today's subject is about whether we should continue the social distancing, continue the, the isolation, continue telling people you cannot leave your home, it is not safe. Now, I, full disclosure here, I am coming to you from the home of, uh, of, of one of my assistants. That means that I am leaving my house uh, as an essential, because media is considered essential, I am going onto the train. Because I'm going onto the train, I am exposing myself to where this virus is supposed to be most active. Subway cars, uh, passing other people. Now, mind you, I wear my mask on the train. I wash my hands when I come into the house. Uh, I personally don't feel it's realistic to tell people when it's 70 degrees, don't go outside because we let convicts go out at least for an hour a day. It is not good for your mental health. Um, Who... Yurka, you know, you're one of those people that don't like to be put into the box. But when you hear about the protests that are happening in the South, um, and, 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 and now, you know, a lot of these red states are giving the pushback. In your opinion, as a mom, you already homeschool your daughter, so you spend a lot of time at home doing your work. When you work in the field, that becomes something else. What is your thought on all of this? Do you feel that the social distancing should continue? Um, I think based, based on what I've seen, I base everything on cause and effect. I, I think that the social distancing should stop because we've already been in it for what, two months? And longer. people are, or longer. People are still traveling. They're still, um, they're still socializing and you don't see the pandemic going on as expected. You don't well, see people getting sick okay. as so expected. I, I mean, on 9-11, I literally saw people jumping off a building and, and, and the next day, people coming up with posters of pictures of people who died or who, 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 who they couldn't find. I don't see that here. I don't see people on Facebook posting so-and-so died of COVID. Okay. Or let's jump pray here. for this person. Oh, I'm going inter- to I'm, I'm interject. Cherokee, yeah. Um, yeah. You, and, you and I both know of, uh, of a common, um, of a common uh, friend yes. who yeah. was said 
to have died of the COVID virus. Yes, now, several people that you you and I have discussed her in the past, and we discuss uh, situations where her health may be compromised, and we were not sure if she was in the best of health. Um, do you still believe in your heart of hearts that COVID-19 was responsible for I, her death? She was, they said it was, and her husband is asymptomatic. He was tested positive. Oh. He, is not, he is not showing. He, she, she had a fever. I talked to her every day. She had a fever. She went, instead of going to the doctor because he has dementia, she didn't want to leave him. So, and he's an alcoholic. So she didn't want to leave him. So she went to bed and she never got up. He being in, he was in full senility. I called to do a, well, uh, um, a welfare check, you know, to check them. And um, the police brought her out dead and took him to the hospital where he tested positive asymptomatic. He's now in a nursing home feeling, he's talking about, I need whiskey. He's fine, she's dead. Okay. Um, and okay. other people that other people did not. She died immediately when she said wow. she didn't feel well. She laid down. She died like that. Bam. Bobby, I know you wanted to add something in, and I didn't allow you to speak before. Please go ahead, and I'm going to add, uh, and then I'm going to jump to Alpheus after you, Bobby from Long Island. Well, I guess the only thing I want to add is, you know, again, it goes back to all the uncertainty of all the information we're getting. Uh, you know, I honestly believe that um, we now, are living hear what in, you just said. You said it goes to the uncertainty of the information that we're getting. But I'm talking about the medical, the medical uncertainties because uh, uh, Dr. Fauci, I know he's highly regarded and respected in the infectious disease community, but he, he said some things very early on about masks are unnecessary and go out and live your life and, and, enjoy the outdoors and all of a sudden a month two months later six six weeks later we're, we're hearing just the opposite okay. he's, a eugenist. he's a eugenist he's trying it's it's about eliminating a, a segment of the population Woo. unfortunately, a, unfortunately that, it's catching everybody the rich and poor black and white it got out of control mm -hmm. i agree with that and i said this um a number of programs ago about the virus doesn't, you know, respect any borders. I'm talking about state borders or, no, you or can't city buy borders. Your way out of and the same goes with with people. You know, it's not a it's not a conservative virus. It's not a liberal virus. It's not an independent virus. It's a human virus. Um, Julius, can I ask you to hold for a second because I want to I want to pull um, Alpheus into the conversation. Uh, today's subject was judges versus governors. The Supreme Court of that state, which I believe to be Michigan, and my directors probably already put it into the chat, but I want to make sure that I look at you guys. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's Michigan. Um, when a judge says that this goes against their constitution, when the bodies are still dropping, who's in the right here? Would you, would you, would you say that the governor is right to take all precautions? Or uh, would you say that, you know, the, the judge has to follow the law? I mean, if there's an emergency, you don't check the law book. You know, if a, if a, if a, if a father is told to protect his daughter, okay, and he sees his daughter being raped, he's not, he's not going to check the law book. He's going to say, I'm saving my daughter's life. To hell with everybody. What, what, what is your thought on this? 
Um, can, this I say, is your question. can I say something? He's muted for some reason. Yeah, he um, is muted for some reason. He can't hear me. But he's um, also not there. He's been in that position for like. Oh, that's yeah. True. <laughs> okay. That's true. That's true. So maybe you know he's what? not there. Go ahead, Charky. Governors and judges and everybody would have a better idea of what to tell the public if people, if the people uh, in higher places tell the truth. This, the, I read an article that th that they knew about this, this, this pandemic, this uh, Wuhan, whatever, November 17th, the article was dated. Uh, right. And right. the president didn't come forward until like March. So like we could, you, knowing that something like that is capable of happening, we would have been better prepared to get more masks and ventilators okay. and things ahead of time. A pandemic back in November of 2019. It was a virus though that was killing people. Well, but, but virus one second, guys. One second. Cherokee, go ahead. With people traveling all over the world, especially coming to places like New York, the cultural icon of the world, of course it's going to affect us. Right. People are traveling. We right. should have known. Okay. It's a virus. All right. Now, Julius, I'm going to let you add after Sam. I want to pull Sam in because Sam was sort of at uh, the, man, you were in China. You, I was talking to you on the phone and you were telling me, I, I'm not leaving the house. <laughs> you, you were like, I I'm going into the backyard. Sam was in the house yeah. and Sam was not going outside without a mask. Sam, would you just take us back to November when I'm here in New York and I'm telling you, I wish you were in the United States and you're, 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 you're trying to run your business and everything is happening and then all of a sudden everything stops. Take, take us through that for a second. Because, because when you tell me about what was happening in China, it's very difficult for me to believe that the administration didn't know something. It's very difficult. But uh, I, I, I've got, I've got uh, Bobby here. I've got you and maybe even Yurka. Whenever something, whenever something is problematic, I don't hear anyone holding Trump accountable for anything. So how, tell me where the disconnect is. Help me understand. You, you, you can't hold Trump accountable for not having the information. The information had to come from either an administrative personnel on the ground in China or the WHO. Since everybody now knows that the WHO was in bed with China, China is paying them off on the side. They didn't get any information out there. WHO went to China, was it December or January? They went to China, I think December. They went to China to investigate, and China never took them to the laboratories and avoided all topics concerning that. China just took them to Beijing, and they were doing sightseeing like they've been buddies forever. Apparently, they have been. Um, when WHO, Tedoro, I think his name is, when Tedoro left China, Tedoro put out into the, into the world and to Trump, told Trump, there's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to worry about. It's under control. Tedoro works, works for who? Tedoro is the president Tedros. of the WHO. I'm sorry, the president of what? WHO. Okay, so Tedros is, is the president of the WHO. Okay, right, right. right. Here's, here's what I'm having a hard time understanding. How does the wealthiest country on the planet with the Federal Bureau of Investigations, with the Central Intelligence Agency, 
it's very, very hard for me to not think that somebody knew something. It's very difficult for me to, to even if unless it's, even I'm if sorry, something. It was early stages. It wasn't pandemic at the time. It was problematic, maybe, hence why they shut down the city of Wuhan. In January, when they did shut down the city of Wuhan, I think I even told you and a, and a few other friends that um, that this is not the same. It's, it's definitely different. This is going to get very, very bad before it gets very good. Mm. I think I said that back in January. Okay. Later, but, but Wait, several days later is when uh, Trump had um, banned the flights from China, direct flights from China to the U.S., right? And that was during the same period of time when you had Democrats saying Trump is blowing this, out, blowing this out of water and y'all should come down to Chinatown and y'all should do this and this and this. I was overseas at the time, I was there. And it was like three days later, they had shut down three other cities connected to, to Wuhan. Total of like 50 million people were now on lockdown. Okay. And that's when I got the word to friends like you. And I said, this is gonna get very bad before it gets good. Okay, so Sam, my experience with you was that you were not leaving your home. Uh, you knew about the scope of it, living in China. Um, what I also know is that waiting for you to go from a, as, as, and I, one of the things I said to you is as a U.S. citizen, get out of the country immediately, leave the country. And you coordinated, we coordinated, you went from China, if I'm not mistaken, to Taiwan in order to come to the United States. Now, I'm going to back everyone up here for a second because I want you to understand that at Kennedy International Airport, um, Sam came in on a delayed flight from Taiwan and it was understood that everyone that was coming from the, the, the flight needed to be isolated. What I'm not understanding is that uh, here in, uh, in New York State, where you were coming in, understanding that you came from China, you were pulled from line, and they, they, they took your temperature. Now, knowing that there were people coming from China, you had to wait an hour for someone to arrive. Now, disclosure to the audience, this was happening at 11 o'clock at night. This was not the peak hour. And what I couldn't understand for the life of me was why there was not, knowing that flight was coming in, and knowing that this was a growing pandemic, why there was not someone there to pull you out immediately, because everyone that you came in contact with on that flight is now exposed. If, you're, if you've got it, everyone else who is, is in line with you is exposed to you. And I, didn't feel, and, I, and I mentioned to you that I didn't feel it was being handled well there. So it, it, it's funny to me because we seem to say these Democratic, these Democratic governors are overstepping their bounds. Mirka has said that I think the social distancing has went on too long. What is Trump responsible for? Because Bobby himself has said the information that we're getting is not consistent. Kirk has basically demonized Fauci. So yeah. what is what is Trump responsible for? Because guys on the right, you guys don't hold him accountable. And and as an independent, this baffles me because I say, well, what do you hold I, him accountable for? What do I hold him accountable for? Yeah. I, hold him accountable, I hold him accountable for the fact that there needs to be a coordinated federal effort. I have said on past programs that 
if this is germ warfare, key word is war, and war is not fair. So, so you don't think it's when you are at when when one is at war, one has to mobilize all of their resources in order to fight the enemy. So you're saying war, no. I'm not hearing you. Please repeat. You're saying it's not coordinated now. I, I I didn't feel I don't feel it's been coordinated for the last month and a half. Um, when I go to a, it, it, you know, here in New York, when you're testing 10% of the population, it, 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 everybody has to be tested. And, and, and people that, that, that are possibly exposed to this virus, should they not be isolated? Um, Julius, you want to add, please. Yeah, the problem, the problem with this virus, and I heard this um, coming from two doctors. One, a doctor from Columbia Presbyterian, and he was on News One, and he was doing an interview, um, kind of promoting this documentary by Ken Burns called The Gene. But the gene predated this particular interview. So this doctor, as well as this other doctor that I know personally, said that this virus is mutating like it's a very unusual type of mutation that's going on. It has four genes from the HIV virus. Now, both of them said one was more discreet in saying it, but the other one was a little bit more assertive. He didn't see anything scientifically that would justify that type of mutation. We know factually that the Pearbright um, Institute from England was funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So you're in agreement with Kirkadale? No, no, I'm not saying about COVID. But we know factually that there have been two coronaviruses that were created in a laboratory. Now, they it's give the patent. Huh? It's patent. She's in agreement. It has a patent. They, they, you want to know the number? For doing it. But the fact is, just because you don't have 100% proof, if this particular virus was made in the laboratory, but the real fact is that viruses can be created. Mm. And we have coronaviruses that uh, we know factually were created in a laboratory. So right. which is why it has a patent. Huh? Which is why it has a patent. Right. So this particular virus is mutating and the mutations are happening rapidly and it's throwing everybody off. So mm. this is very unusual. Viruses don't mutate this quickly. So it takes decades, if not even centuries, for viruses to mutate. So let me jump over to Kirk. Kirk, you said, do you want the number? Do you want the patent number? Please, give it to our audience. I'm sure they would love to hear it. I'm looking at my notes. It was patented by the Pearbright um, organization in England. It was delivered to that doctor in Boston that was arrested for passing uh, secrets to the Chinese. It's Pearbright Institute EP31723198A1. three one seven two three one nine A1. owns the patent. It was funded by the Bill COVID, and Melinda Gates Foundation. This virus is an animal coronavirus that they created. I'm yes, a because animal. yes, because this virus. Wait a minute. This virus patented as it was. Let this me finish. Over this years. patent. This oh, virus. Hook. This 
virus was patented. It was delivered to the doctor in Boston, who then in turn, who was uh, recruited by the laboratories in Wuhan, was working on it in Wuhan, and the Chinese woman, uh, the, the doctor, the Chinese doctor who was head of the Wuhan laboratories was the one that was altering it in China. She's worked on coronaviruses for 20 years. She altered it by mixing it, splicing it into the bats. The, the, the bat, yes, has a coronavirus, but it would take 800 years for, for it to mutate into becoming a human virus. It doesn't work that way. It didn't jump out of a bowl yeah. of bat soup. It was altered with proteins and then it was released. And it was released uh, at the time of the military games in Wuhan that they don't tell you that we were involved with, okay? And then it spread. And, in, in, and I'm not a fan of Trump's, but Trump was going on the information that he was being fed by Fauci. Fauci is an employee of Bill Gates. Fauci is the one that under the Obama administration delivered money to the labs in Wuhan to work on this very specific virus. There is a, um, I mean, we can kind of, I mean, there's no 100% proof about that, but we yes, do there is. About yes, yes, there, there is. is. There's a man arrested. No, 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 but it, it wasn't related to One second. the, um, uh, go ahead, Julius. You was involved in, uh, manual or, being involved, overseeing a coronavirus that was created. Now, there was uh, a moratorium put on, they call it gain of function uh, experimentation. When you take viruses, animals, and what you're basically saying is that, why wait for the mutation? You know, let's see, uh, extract this virus in its form that can transmit to a human, and then come up with a vaccine. So when this time comes for this mutation, we'll be ready. That, that's their, their argument of uh, why they're doing it. But this moratorium was put in place and then the um, CDC allowed for the completion of this experiment because they had started before the mutation. I mean, before the moratorium. So, so we know that there are two viruses but everyone is arguing on the side of these two viruses that, well, that's not the COVID-19 one. Okay. You know, yeah, yes, I'm, I'm going to add in. Um, no, nobody, well, first of all, nobody knows about the two viruses. No, I'm what? I'm sorry. They're telling us that it's two separate viruses, but they've had this virus in a lab for over 60 years. Right. So this ain't, this ain't nothing new. You got to understand, if you, if you, if you take what event 201 was about, right? Thank you. That was about a scenario, right? Mm -hmm. That they did within themselves, right? It was a virtual, it was a virtual response to a pandemic. They failed in that virtual pandemic and what they did, and you can literally like summarize it and see, they went live with it. They took the least cause of death which is a flu virus, because you only had 34,000 people that died from 2018 to 2019, which is the least cause of death. They already told us in the beginning that 98% of the people that get it will fully recover. The 2% will be the elderly, those with compromised immune systems, and respiratory problems. Which is now Black and Latino people as well. 
that, and there's no, there's no, no, there's no definitive or confirmation that it's black and Latino due to the fact we make up 46 million people here within 326, 27 million. So. For anyone to believe that it's mostly blacks that's affected by this, you have to look at the numbers. You know what well, I mean? about per, per, per it's capita. Easy. It's easy. Listen, even if you go per capita, what you got to remember is this here. These are just what we call uh, uh, probabilities. These are probabilities. These are not definitive. These are probabilities. So, Alpheus, what you're saying is that we're, we don't have all the information we probably should have. At all, we don't have nothing because at the end of the day, if you look at the 80%, 80, 80, the 80% of the people that's been affected and, and, and resulted that succumbed to this, right? Has been the elderly, like they said, and those who compromise immune system. The undesirables. 63%. But also, also Alfred, it's the treatment they were getting. See, uh, you know, everyone wants to rule that out. They were putting these people but, but, on but, but, this ventilator. But let me ask you this question. And Junior, if you put a you put a healthy person, Junior, if you put a healthy person on a ventilator that's able to breathe for themselves, right, and you disrupt that rhythm, that's what's right. going to happen? They're going to die. So, this is one of the reasons why all hospitals had to that was was uh they was given an order. They said, listen, don't put cause of death is COVID. Put possible cause of death because that's malpractice. You can't say uh, with a definitive that these people are dying from COVID-19. Um, true because, no, because they were lying let's, about it. Let's say that you go into the hospital uh, for hypoxia, which I had a um, colonoscopy done. I left the hospital, you know, had to be brought back in because I was becoming hypoxic. Now, let's just say that this happened during this pandemic <laughs> and I went to Harlem Hospital. They would have put me on a ventilator and I would have been dead. So people uh, becoming hypoxic is not uncommon. But in the COVID-19 world, you know, you are sure to die. I, I, want, I, want to, I want to make clear to our audience the fact that here in New York City, if you have a loved one that's in a nursing home, you are not being led into the nursing home to check on your loved one. That would and, 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 and if I may, and if I may just continue this, uh, so if your loved one should pass while in the nursing home, you will not be allowed to see them. You cannot be exposed to them. You can't wear a hazardous material suit and a mask and a visor and see your loved one. Your loved one, they tell you your loved one is dying. Your loved one has died. And the next thing you know, the body may or may not be transported to wherever because some nursing homes haven't even had the capability to store the bodies properly. So mm -hmm. let me just go back here. I just when this real quick. Right quick, please. Medical examiner's office basically um, put out a directive and none of these deaths have to be reported to the medical examiner's office. So hospitals and nursing homes have carte blanche now you know, it's whatever they write, and it can't be challenged because of the authority given to them by the medical examiner's office. Okay. So, it, it brings me back. It, it brings me. I'm sorry, Alpheus. Go ahead, right quick. 
this is not the medical office that's doing that. These, these is actually the Department of Health within the state that's issuing these directive orders. Okay, so again, we go back to the states. And they're now, being given every, incentives. They're what, being what, what, given incentives to record any death as yeah. coronavirus testing. They don't say they died of it. They say that they're testing positive for it because if they list them as uh, testing positive for COVID-19, COVID every, every hospital has been incentivized. They get $13,000 for every death, and if they put them on a ventilator, which will kill them, they get $39,000 every that's single one. It's absolutely that's outrageous. That's Medicare. Yes, you agree with Medicare Medicaid. and Medicaid um, right. is paying that. Yes. Ooh, hold on. Okay, so hold on, guys. So hold on, guys. So this brings me back to our original topic. When this Democratic governor said, we need to maintain the social distancing and the Republican legislature of that state said, you're overstepping your bounds and you're not going to interrupt our flow. You're not going to interrupt our money. What, like, who's it, who on this panel is in agreement with the Republican legislature going well, to a yeah. judge saying Marcus, on a federal level, we have an act known as the National Emergencies Act which gives the president the power to take certain precautions to protect the overall population. Okay. Now, I'm not sure about- So you're saying that Trump uh, has Michigan. the power. Yes, but also state constitutions can have something similar. Now, but if- federal, federal, over, federal Trump's state, for lack of a better no, word. No, no, no. No, it doesn't because Everyone thinks that everything federal. No, we live in a country, there are state rights and there are federal rights. Exactly. And they both operate together. So they're supposed to operate together, but when one is in conflict, the well, then, federal, then the the federal, federal has authority. That's right. So Okay. So the federal has authority, that is that puts Trump front and center. But Trump has not uh, put that type of mandate on these states so therefore are we are we in the middle of a germ war <laughs> no well i have too many people speaking one second kurt go ahead virus Judas, has four hiv genes i would say so okay kirk you were about to add and then I'm going to be using We are not answer. in a germ war. We are in a propaganda war. It is about control. The governors that want to keep us locked down, all right, it's about power and control and bankrupting small businesses so that you are dependent on the state so that they can control you completely. That's what it's about. The legislatures that want to open are correct. It's not wow. really worse. Let me finish. It's not much worse than, say, a flu virus. Yes, there's certain areas of the population that are more vulnerable, but it's about uh, abrogating our First and Fourth Amendments under the Constitution, the right to assembly, the, the right to free I agree with you. I agree with you. I gotta cut you off. they're eliminating everything on the media. They're eliminating everything that you see put out that is actually the truth. They are, uh, and, and they can get away with it because Zuckerberg is Gates's first cousin and Gates is behind okay. the whole damn thing because no, he one was- second, Nyerka, Nyerka agrees with parts of what you're saying. Nyerka, I saw you nod your head. 
Yeah, and which is what I was going to say prior. That is, it's basically the, uh, this emergency act does not uh, take away our constitutional act. And and the president did say it that it came it out has. of no, it's it's well, it's not supposed to. And no, he did say that these states that are that are um that, that are using their power over us, they're not supposed to do that that there, there is excessive power. I want to explain something I, about that statement real quick. Mm -hmm. One second, Julia. Yes. Were, you, were you finished? Because you sound like you wanted to add one more thing. Yes, because we do have the rights to, to assembly. We have the rights to speak. We have all of these rights. But these um, there are places, there are certain states that are taking it away from people. And that goes okay. back again to excessive police um, brutality wow. and stuff like that. Like, you know. So, so, so what I'm hearing, I want to qualify that real quick so people won't be misled. Now, the, the uh, supreme law of the land, because you have to refer to these laws as supreme. So exactly. the supreme law of the land is the Constitution, the laws in pursuant thereof, the Constitution, and treaties are also included in the supreme law of the land. So the National Emergencies Act would be such a law in pursuant of the Constitution. It's very well much a supreme law that has every much right as the First Amendment, Second Amendment, so forth. So, um, yeah, so I just want to qualify. That. No, that's a good explanation, yeah. Don't okay, think okay. the National Emergencies Act is uh, subservient to the Constitution because it's also a supreme law as well. I, I, wa I want to jump over to Bobby because when, whenever, whenever I hear the word constitution, I want to, as a conservative, conservatives like to follow the constitution. They feel that the constitution is, is, is supreme. It sets the precedent for all other laws. Because Bobby, it's, the, it's the law of the land. Okay, Bobby, are you in agreement or disagreement with all the parts? Uh, you're talking about of the Constitution? Um, in, in regards to most of what you're hearing, um, he, he, Kirk, a Democrat, has said this Republican legislature in, in Michigan is right, that the, Democrat, the Democratic governor is overstepping his bounds. So if that's the case, then here in New York, where we have a Democratic governor, um, Perhaps us being in our homes, even though it's supposed to be for our own safety, um, perhaps we're being forced to do something that's unconstitutional. Bobby, agree or disagree? Wow. I, I, wow. I, let, me, let me phrase it this way. The, the circumstances in Michigan with the governor, I, I think was excessive overreach based on what's occurring in Michigan outside of perhaps the city of Detroit where they've got a lot of problems just like we have here in the metro New York area. I, I, the, th the problem I have when you start making these general mandates, it affects everyone, and yet you're really catering those mandates towards the very problematic areas, and yet everyone's sucked into that decision. And that's where I, I believe there's, there's big concerns and perhaps, uh, you know, we need more flexibility in, in the interpretation of the laws as they as they apply to people in the various areas where there is effect or where there's no effect. Mm -hmm. why, why does it make sense to 
have everyone hunkered down in in why in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and I don't I don't know specifically if they have a problem there or not, versus what's being required of people here in New York City in the metro area. Well, you know, it, it, you ask a very good question. What I'm hearing from the panel today is I'm hearing you guys say that this manufactured virus is forcing people into some very uncomfortable situations and restricting movement, restricting freedoms, and rights are being taken away. Uh, Kirk, from what I'm hearing from you, you would say, hey, you said, hey, the Republican legislature is right in that state. So would you also say that uh, Trump letting each state handle it independently, do you believe that's the right way to go? Uh, I think he's between a rock and a hard place at this point because he doesn't want to, um, he is very much against instituting martial law. So the, the one way that he would do that is he would have to use his powers uh, in martial law to override that. So he's allowing that at this point, but I, I think that it's, um, uh, he's basically got a, a, a hard road to hoe because he's dealing with the media. <laughs> Seriously, he's, the, he's dealing with the media, which is all disinformation. It's all run by a very specific group of people, uh, largely funded by both uh, Gates and the Chinese. Amen. Uh, and and hmm. it's... It, and, and the, the sooner and later that he can, I mean, I think he did a great job by su finally sidelining Gates and Fauci and the World Health Organization and defunding them, okay, because they're lying and they have an agenda. It's Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. And everybody, everybody in this country should look at that. And then you should call your senators and your representatives and say, wait a minute, we finally woke up on this. That's, that's number one. But number Who's two, dead? by his appointing this entirely new group to study vaccines and then say you can take it voluntarily if you wish to, I think is a good step because the mandatory thing that Gates and Fauci were pushing also had uh, small nanochips in them, okay, so that you can be connected with 5G, which is a, a serious, serious problem that people are being sidelined by this, quote, pandemic, which is a huge scam. You know, they ran a simulated test of this six weeks before it actually happened. It was the world, the, the event 201 by the Gates mm -hmm. Foundation, World Health Economic Organization, Johns Hopkins Hospital, ran a simulation, a simulation of a response to- a I heard that, I heard that as well. Kirk, give me a second here. Um, because we've only got about five minutes left and and i've heard what you i hear what you're saying i want i want to cut you off here because you said 5g and um and, we, and unfortunately we have to start closing out the show um i want to be clear to everyone um where where whether listening to us in australia asia uh europe or wherever that we're hearing the right and the left two, what are supposed to be two opposite ends of the equation in agreement on a lot of these issues. We're in agreement that this is some type of man-made uh, virus. We're not in agreement of, of where. Uh, we're in agreement that the restriction of movement 
has uh, kind of overstaffed. But I, I do want to uh, make a disclosure here. In New York State, which has a Democratic uh, governor, uh, this Democratic governor, Cuomo, is related to uh, Chris Cuomo, who is on CNN. So whether that, whether, I feel there's a reason that needs to be mentioned. Uh, well, who controls? If I may, if I may, Kirk, please, please. Uh, we, we have a situation where everyone is being told they don't go to work unless they're essential, but yet here in New York State, the real estate industry is still at full, full, full throttle. I don't know what is essential about building luxury buildings. I don't know. I want. I know you guys want to add some more stuff, but unfortunately, we've got to close out this show. To uh, Marcus, real quick. If the if it's got to be less than thirty seconds. If the go development please. doesn't have an affordable component to it, then it's not essential. So if you it's look at, if you look, and it has to have some essential. Understood. Food. But but I I right now I don't know what is essential about building luxury buildings, whether or not they have an affordable component. And there's no okay. supermarket attached to it, then it has to stop. Just I don't know what, I, again, I don't know what is essential about building buildings in a period of a pandemic. So I'm going to close the show on that. I want to thank um, um, Samuel Kuchera, my co-host. I want to thank Mr. Julius Tadijin. I hope I pronounced it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Mr. Uh, Altheus Marcus, Mr. Kirk Adair, Cherokee Black, and Mirka Encarnacion, as well as Bobby from Nassau County, Long Island. Um, we are going to go into our, uh, we're going to close out the show. Um, as always, guys, you, you're either listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Um, and we hope you are subscribing uh, wherever you are or one, or one of the other 11 platforms that you're listening to us on. Uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, uh, you can be on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Vimeo, YouTube, Snapchat, and TikTok. Now listen, if you feel that you've got a point of view, if you're political, if you've got some information that you think needs to be heard, please reach out to our production manager at castcrew212, C-A-S-T-C-R-E-W-212 at gmail.com. I want to thank everybody for being on the program today. And um, I hope that you will tune back in on Friday. I'm, you know, my, my production manager has given me the subjects three different times, but I have so much going on. On Friday's show, we're discussing the press matters. The New York Times goes on the attack. Thank you for tuning in to Virgo Salt live stream. I'm your host, Marky Devereaux. We look forward to having you on Friday. Every day fly.